Hello, and welcome to Sundays at Coastal. This week, Pastor Andy Rock preaches a special Easter sermon titled, The Resurrection of Our Hearts, from 1 John chapter 3. Allow the Holy Spirit to change what you desire. You will start loving what and who He loves. You will start seeing that you can make a difference. You will risk loving others well, and then your prayers will start to change. You will discover that as you pray in line with God's will, prayers get answered right and left. It feels like whatever you ask for, you receive. But even when you don't get what you ask for, even when God asks you to wait, you still wait with hope rather than anger or despair or doubt. Oh my gosh, it is so good to have you guys here. Welcome, 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 welcome. Jesus is risen. Amen. Oh man, I cannot wait. I asked Barb what we're going to have to eat after church today, and she said, we're having angel eggs. And I said, what is that? And she goes, well, I can't say deviled eggs. So, it's, so we're having angel eggs today, which is just fantastic. Hey, if you are new or visiting this morning, if someone dragged you here by your ear, we are so grateful for you. Welcome. We hope you feel right at home this morning. Uh, and we're a, a, a church full of misfits. Uh, ain't, ain't, ain't nobody perfect in this place, and literally no perfect people are allowed. And so we are so grateful that you're here this morning to celebrate with us on Easter Sunday. And obviously, we've got some flowers, and we've got some wonderful things that we've done. I'm going to explain that in a minute. But each Sunday, what we do is that we remind ourselves and we declare together as a family what it is that we believe. And this is a story that we see all throughout Scripture. It happens over and over and over again. And the first is that there is hope beyond our brokenness. That no matter if you have a kid with disability, no matter if you're facing a disability, no matter if you're facing a diagnosis right now, if your life feels stuck and neutral or in reverse, it don't matter. There is hope beyond where you are because God takes dead people and he brings them back to life. Amen? And that's our story. Second, we're called to trust. We are not called to perform. There's this awful scene at the end of Saving Private Ryan where uh, Tom Hanks dies. In any movie where Tom Hanks dies, it's a national tragedy. It's absolutely horrible. And Tom Hanks, the Army Rangers, leaning against the tank after he's been shot, and he grabs the one surviving remaining guy of the platoon, and he says, earn this. I don't know if you remember that moment, but he says, earn this. And an Army Ranger guy named Mike he cried out in the movie theater when he, when he saw that because the, the Army Ranger motto is sua sponte, which means I choose this. You don't have to earn anything. Jesus chose to die for you, to pay for every single debt in your life with his very life. It was a choice. And he doesn't say earn it. He says, receive it with joy. And that's what faith is. It's trusting him. It's receiving all that he has for us each and every day and taking back everything that the enemy has stolen so that we can be a community of resurrection. Amen? And that's what we do. Finally, we bring restoration for our community. And so we bring, brought restoration to Kathy and Brittany's family, and we're not done. 
and we have change for a dollar stories coming out of our ears about how you guys have emptied out your pocket change. Literally Friday night, Good Friday, somebody came up to me and said, I was in a horrible motorcycle accident and you guys gave me the money in order to make it through. I'd never met the man in his entire night. His name is Miracle Mike. I don't know if I was talking to an angel or what, but he's like, my name's Miracle Mike. And I'm like, hi, right? Six foot three, beard, huge man, right? But he tells a story about how you brought restoration to his life. And maybe that day you gave 20 bucks or a couple of bucks or 10 cents. It doesn't matter. We get to be a part of people's resurrection stories. And I love what God is doing here. In this little church, which ain't little very much longer, this little church, God is doing incredible things. And so that's what we do as a church. We exist for people who are not yet part of our family. Amen? Amen? Each one of these truths has a choice. And that word to choose weighs about 10,000 pounds in your life. It's you taking back ownership of your life. It's you saying, this is what I believe and this is what I'm going to do. And so we declare this together every Sunday, but it's Easter, so put some pepper on it, okay? Here we go. Are you ready? And if you're at home, wake people up, scream it out. Here we go. Are you ready? We are disciples who walk intentionally with God. Therefore, I choose to be changed by Jesus. I choose to seek Jesus first, and I choose to join Jesus in his resurrection work. So I got a really important question for you. I ask this every week, but it's essential. I could yak, yak, yak up here, but it doesn't make make a difference if you just don't give me permission to speak to your heart of hearts. So may I have permission to speak to your heart of hearts this morning? And for those of you who got dragged here against your will, right? This is the one time a year you're forced to go to church, right? Can I speak to you as well? Thank you, Tim. (laughs) Jesus is risen. When all the powers of hell celebrated his crucifixion, this cross is an instrument of torture and death and public humiliation. When all the powers of hell on his crucifixion on Friday, celebrated, they never imagined that this day, Sunday, his day would come. When Jesus died as your substitute in your place, all the accusations against you have now been paid for, now and forever for all eternity. Your debt is covered, paid, and you haven't gone from debt to like broke. No, 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 no. In your account, on your behalf, God has deposited, Jesus has given you every merit badge he's ever earned, all the good things he's ever done. In your account, you have more than you could ever spend. You are God's beloved child. Your sin is paid for. You are seated next to him in right now in his presence, and he is dedicated to bless you and love you until you're transformed in his spit and image from now until all eternity. Amen. And Jesus didn't stay dead. Mm -mm -mm. No, no, not today, devil. Jesus is alive. He's risen. 
You don't have to live in the sorrow of his crucifixion. Jesus defeated death. You don't have to live in the sorrow of his death. He's alive. Your inheritance is his resurrection joy. His victory over death is also your victory because just like he was your substitute taking on your death, he has also given you everything that he has, which means his victory is yours. His life is yours. His spirit is now yours. His inheritance as the king of kings is now yours. Somebody give me an amen. And the moment that you ask for forgiveness, shame is killed. The moment that you ask for, the moment that you forgive someone, resentment dies. The moment that you reject a lie, that lie is obliterated because his victory is yours. Amen? Amen. On Friday, on Friday, we didn't nail crosses, uh, nails into a cross. What we did is that we laid flowers down on this cross. We laid down the things that are killing us so that we might be transformed by him because he laid down for us. And then we took all of those flowers and we cut off their stems and we glued them onto this cross. Because this is what Jesus does. He takes every broken, horrible thing that has been done to us. He takes every lie that we've ever believed about ourselves and him. He takes every place of pain and heartbreak and sorrow. He takes all of our foolishness and our rebellion. And when we give it to him in faith, trusting, not because we have to earn it, but trusting him because he's done it all, he takes that death and turns it into life. Amen? Amen. That's what he does. That he is, Kit. So your imprisonment is over. Today we walk out of prison. Your exile is ended. Today we walk home. Your condemnation is now condemned. We don't have to live with those shackles anymore. Jesus has cleansed you. You are his beloved now and forever. We were at a prayer retreat a couple weeks back, two Fridays ago, and as Debbie and I were leading the prayer retreat, Debbie, by the way, is our minister of razzle-dazzle. You, you don't think that that's a real job title. It is. Matt, who produced the video, is called the minister of magic. We have no idea how he does, what he does. It's magic to us. So we just call him the minister of magic. Our bookkeeper is called Second Chronicles. Our, that's Johanna. Rob, who does all the finances and stuff, he's called the Chronicle of Miracles, so he's First Chronicles. We've got First and Second Chronicles. I don't even know what, after Paul retires, our next associate is going to be something. We don't know, but it's going to be creative, the pastor of who knows what, right? So Debbie's the minister of razzle-dazzle. And, and as Debbie is talking to us about, our, about what, what, what we do in prayer retreats, she says, you know, you, you're going to hand over your wounds to God, and then you're going to take back what the enemy has stolen. Listen, the reason why you get weighed down with stuff, the reason why you get afraid is because the enemy wants to take something from you. It's not to give you fear. It's to take your bravery. Do you understand? The reason why that you get ashamed 
is not because the enemy wants to weigh you down with shame. It's because the enemy wants to rob you of your confidence in your belovedness. You understand the difference? The reason why the enemy shackles you with pride is not because he wants to weigh you down with pride. It's that he wants you to rob you of your faith and dependence upon Jesus. Does that make sense? He's not just bringing a bad thing into your life. He's doing that, but he's also robbing you of the good thing. And today, on Easter Sunday, we take our good things back. We take our inheritance back. Today is Easter Sunday, so we're going to pray some triumphant prayers. We're going to pray some life-changing prayers. We're going to take back what the enemy has stolen. So are you ready? This isn't going to be a Sunday where you're going to be like reading the stuff on the screen and be like, I can't wait for this sermon to be done in Jesus' name. (laughs) Today we are literally, literally clawing back from the jaws of defeat, the things that we have left there. We're not living in prison anymore. Amen? Amen. It's Easter Sunday. Not today, devil. Mm -mm. Not today. So we're, we're still in 1 John, by the way. I, don't, I did not plan this, but this is how it works out. I love how the, what the Holy Spirit does this. So we're going to go right from where we left off on Friday. And on Friday, I preached the verses that I didn't preach last Sunday because I went over, right? I just landed the plane because it was time. And then it was like, oh, here we go. This passage for Good Friday. Here we are on Easter Sunday reading 1 John. Are you ready? Read this with me. Here we go together. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Wait, let me give you some background. John has been telling all throughout these, all throughout 1 John, he's been saying, listen, you are people defined by your confession. All of us got problems. We are people defined by our confession of Jesus. I cannot save myself. You are my savior. And then John then gives us, then urges us, commands us. He says, now hold on to the truth. Hold on to loving one another. Hold on to Jesus himself. And so he then says, this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Verse 20, read with me. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. When you're feeling condemned and convicted, rest in the truth that God is greater than your broken heart. God is greater than your problems. God is greater than your guilt. God is greater than your mistakes. God is greater than the abuse you endured. God is greater than your past. God is greater than the present. So rest in his presence right now. There's nothing that you can say to him to drive him away. Be angry at God when you're angry. Be sad with God when you're sad. Tell him everything. He will not leave you ever. He loves you. He's greater than your stuckness, and he wants you right now just as you are. Sometimes people give up on us. Sometimes we give up on ourselves. Jesus never gives up on you. Three weeks ago, our bass player, Steve Rosso, there's he's, Steve's in the back right now. 
Steve plays the bass. He's got the headphones on. He's jamming. Kilo is the guy who shines his head, right? That's Kilo. Steve is the guy in the back. He plays the bass. <clears throat> Three weeks ago, we're about to start our worship set. Steve gets a phone call. His mom, June, who's 90, how old is she? 90, is dying. She had a medical procedure earlier in the week down at Marion Hospital to stop some internal bleeding. It was a success. All of a sudden, it wasn't a success. She was bleeding out. Called the family. Everybody's got to go down to Marion to say goodbye. Now, Steve immediately bursts into tears when he gets his phone call, and he says, I got to go. And I don't know if you've ever played in a band, but usually when you leave one minute before your set is about to start, that's not great. Has that ever happened to you? You're about to go to work. You're about to teach a class. I don't know if you've ever done any kind of thing that involves being in public or public speaking, but it's absolutely terrifying to get a phone call five minutes before, one minute before, and say, I can't be here right now, and then leave. But Zed and the worship team were like, you know what? Just go. We got this. And we prayed for Steve. We prayed for June. June's had a full and beautiful 90 years, and so the family gather around her. And so Zed led the worship service three weeks ago. I don't know if you were here or you watched online, but he led the service, worship service three weeks ago by us praying for June Rosso, 90 years old. The chief surgeon, when Steve got down there, said, I'm not touching her. There's nothing I can do. If I touch her at all, if I go in and do any kind of surgery, I'm just going to make anything worse. By the end of our church service that morning, June's bleeding had miraculously stopped. Amen. By the end of the evening, the doctors and nurses began to stalk, talk very strangely around June's room. By the next day, the entire floor was buzzing with one word, miracle. Amen. They gave up on June. Jesus didn't. They, they would not touch June. Jesus did. Yes. June didn't just leave the hospital with no bleeding. In Steve's word, June got back about 10 years of her life. She was discharged from the hospital feeling than, better than she ever has in the last 10 years. And if you're 90, that ain't no small thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But on Sunday night, that Sunday night when we prayed and June was healed, the miracle was beyond what Steve and June could fathom because June sat in her bed, miraculously happy and healthy, and she watched her son describe with tears flowing down his cheeks that for the first time in his life, he felt loved by a church. He couldn't play bass and he wasn't met with scorn. Instead, he was met with love. And the church prayed and he was healed. The church prayed, and June was healed. What we didn't know was that God was answering a prayer that Steve's heart had been praying for a long time. Why? Because God is greater than Steve's heart, and God is greater than your hearts. And the prayers that we pray and the prayers that we sing during worship are answered because God is greater. And God will overcome, has, is, and will overcome all the things that are choking the life out of you and that are bringing death in your life. So what's keeping us back from this resurrection life? 
Well, sometimes we just forget that we can leave the cell. The door's open, the handcuffs are off, we can actually walk out. Sometimes we stay in prison because hel- we just know the routine, we're comfortable with it. As C.S. Lewis writes, we stay in hell because we know the names of the streets. <laughs> right? Some of you less, left Bakersfield and you're grateful, right? You, you left that place of hell and, and you came to heaven, right? Some of you left San Jose and just because you knew your way around didn't mean you wanted to stay there. Amen? Amen? Some of you left Oildale and you thought, I'll never be free from, from death itself. And, and, and now you're here. Amen? You're free. So sometimes the way that we start literally walking out of hell is we stop trying to save ourselves and we take back our Savior. We give Jesus back his job. It looks like this. Pray this with me. Come on, scream it out. It's Sunday morning. It's Easter, baby. Let's go. Ready? Jesus, I'm sorry I tried to do your job. I give you the place you deserve. You are my Savior, Jesus. And now I take back my my faith, which I gave away. Man, I had to pray this about my kids. I want to save my kids. I just want to, I want to fix them. I want to save them. I want to control them. I want to manage them so that they'll stop being human beings. <laughs> right, right now. I've got two in high school. Right, right now. Like literally, just be quiet and be better now. <laughs> Can anybody feel me on that one? Any, any parents feel me on that one? Right? And, and, and we as kids, when we grew up, we're like, why are our parents so cranky all the time? That's because they forgot that they are not your savior. We've got to do this with our kids. We've got to do this with our jobs. We've got to do this with our spouses. We've got to do this with our marriages. We've got to do this with our own hearts. We've got to stop trying to save ourselves and take back our faith in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Do you want to stop there? Say no. Oh, good. Oh, good. Are you ready? You ready to take back your inheritance? Come on, let's take it back. Jesus, I'm sorry I gave away my hope to despair and hopelessness. I take back my hope. Oh, man, some of you need that. How about the next one? Jesus, I'm sorry I gave away my joy and trust to cynicism and doubt. And I know all you cynics are like, this ain't going to work. Just pray it anyways. Are you ready? I take back my joy and I take back my trust. Do you really want it or are you going to let cynicism keep on robbing you? No, you're not. You take it back. How about this one? Jesus, I'm sorry I gave away my gentleness to anger. Don't get mad at me. Just pray. Are you ready? I take back my gentleness. Amen. How about the next one? Jesus, I'm sorry I gave away my peace to fear, worry, and anticipation. I take back my peace. Ooh, we're going now. Let's go. Here we go. Jesus, I'm sorry I gave away my generosity to scarcity or greed or entitlement. I take my generosity back. Amen. And I'm not just saying that because I want to raise I want you to be generous with everything in your life, your time, your money, your energy, your emotions, your love. I want you to give the first fruits of your life in love. I don't want you to give table scraps to anybody. 
Amen. Jesus, how about this one? Jesus, I'm sorry I gave away my compassion to pride. I take back my compassion. Oh, man. You're not better than anybody. You're not worse than anybody. You can have compassion on everybody now. How about this next one? Jesus, I'm sorry I gave away my faith to self-doubt. I take back my faith. You don't have to second-guess yourself. You don't have to wait and figure, you, you don't have to freak out and perseverate over every little thing anymore. You can take back your mojo. Come on, give me some snaps. Self-doubt is like, I can't snap, I don't know how to do it. Come on, take back your mojo, baby, let's go, here we go. Jesus, I'm sorry I gave away my worship to criticism. I take back my worship. No longer do we have to sit here and go, oh, I wish Zed would wear a different color hat. I don't like his bow tie today. How come Jonathan doesn't play differently on the piano? I just want that one song. You're in the presence of God. We worship him. You'll get your song and everybody will be disappointed two thirds of the time. Congratulations. Welcome to adulthood. We worship, amen? amen? Jesus, I'm sorry I gave away my joy to sorrow and grief. I take back my joy. If some of you have lost loved ones that don't mean that you can't cry over their loss. It just means that you don't have to live under the weight of sorrow and grief for the rest of your life. Because they're in heaven right now and they're saying, Live, live, be overjoyed, live. You have so much to live for, live. How about this one? Jesus, I'm sorry I gave up my ability to be loved, to feel loved by you and others. By the way, this is how I do therapy. So thank you, most of these are mine, okay? Let's read this again, because I distracted you. Jesus, I'm sorry I gave up my ability to be loved, to feel loved by you and others, I take back my worth and I take back my value. Amen? Amen. God is greater than our hearts, which means God has things to offer you that you could never get on your own. Do you understand that? He's got better things than you have. He has all the toys you want. You picking up what I'm putting down? So today we take back our heavenly inheritance that we gave up and we receive these gifts not by earning, never, but by faith. You know what faith looks like half the time? Breathe with me. It's just receiving. We are resurrection people and we don't have to live in the dumpster of death. We live in victory with Jesus. Now, what happens when you and I start taking back our inheritance? This is what happens. 21. Ready? Read this with me. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Yes. Because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. I know, when I first read that, we were like, we have confidence before God 22. It's like, what is God 22? It's just the verse number. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what happens when we take back our inheritance? 
What, back, what happens when we start living with faith in Christ, resting in his presence, talking to him? This is crazy. Are you ready? When I was in my mid-20s, I realized for the first time that part of faith was actually listening to God and then <gasps> obeying. It was nuts. I was like, wait a minute. I thought God was just this cosmic vending machine. I say, I'm sorry. In Jesus' name, out comes forgiveness. And then I do whatever I want to do again. And when the guilt and shame weighs me down so bad, I just go back to him and say, I'm sorry. In Jesus' name. And then I I'm I'm feel okay again. Isn't it? He's like my hair, emotional heroin dealer. Like, that's how I use God. Am I getting too uncomfortable for you? And then all of a sudden, God was like, Andy, stop dropping the anvil of disobedience on your feet. Actually, trust me. And when I was in my mid-20s, you can imagine what I had to stop doing as a, as a, mid, as a guy in, in my mid-20s. It was like, could I make it three hours without lying or lusting or performing, right? And I put together like three days one time, and it was unbelievable. I remember my first three days of like actually trusting God and obeying. You know what happened to me? I was like, oh man, I can hear God's voice. It was crazy. Because God would say, hey, um, do this or don't do this. And I would go, okay. And then things would turn out (gasps) better. It was nuts. And I put together, right? What a crazy idea. It was like mind-blowing to me at that time. I was like, huh, amazing. So then I started actually doing it, and it was great. And then I went back to my rebellion for 10 years. Don't worry about that. That's part of my story as well. But as I started putting together obedience in my life, as I started to trust in God with a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, my confidence in God and in prayer and in my faith went through the roof. You know what else happened? As I was honest with God about what was really happening in my life, I stopped performing and started being honest. All of a sudden, things started getting healed. And then I started having compassion on other people who were also broken like me. And then my prayers started changing. And then my love started changing. And then my desire started changing. And all the things that I prayed for in my rebellion and all those prayers rarely got answered. As I started trusting Jesus and I started loving myself and other people, the way that Jesus loved me, my prayers started changing, and it was like I tapped into a river of yeses that I never knew were there, because I was finally praying in alignment with God's will, and I'd pray for people, and miracles would happen. It was nuts. I always asked for the gift of healing. I didn't know that I was poisoning the gift of healing with my own pride, I got a little bit of a humility. I started praying for healing for people more, and God started healing people through me. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about me trusting Jesus. And the more that we trust him and the more that we obey, the more that we listen to his beautiful voice and rest in his presence and are honest with our failures so you can turn that death into life, our confidence in God goes through the roof. And then, even when you ask for prayers, and the answer is no, or not yet, you don't walk away angry, you don't walk away hopeless, you don't walk away faithless, you walk away confident 
that God has something even better. John sums it up like this. This is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. I as a friend, I have a friend, he's known what he's supposed to do for a long time. And that involves a really difficult choice in his life that he has to trust Jesus with. And that really difficult choice has everything to do with loving the precious people that are in his life. It's a sacrifice he has to make for the sake of others. And he's been waffling and he's been struggling and he's been agonizing over it and I know, I know what that feels like. And just this last week he said to me, Andy, I'm going for it. I'm gonna make the choice to believe that God is good enough even though I don't know how it's gonna work out for the sake of loving these precious people in my life. Right now, he doesn't know how it's gonna work out in his life. Neither do I. But there's a belief there and there's a faith there that has now brought him incredible peace in the middle of a difficult situation. Why? Because Jesus defeated death. And if he can defeat death, he probably can sort out your issue. (laughs) Know what I'm saying? Can I get an amen on that? Like if he can create all that there is with a word and crush death and rise again. I mean, if you don't think that that's impressive, beat me up on Friday night, whip me, take the skin off my back, beat me with an inch in my life, hang me up on a cross, then poke a spear in my my heart and then see how I preach on a Sunday. Jesus defeated death. He can handle your issues. So we come to him in confidence and in faith because he's risen. He's risen Can we say another prayer? I'm I'm trying to get away with as much as I possibly can because it's Easter Sunday. Are you ready? Here it goes. Are you ready? Jesus, I'm sorry I've tried to pay for all my mistakes and even the mistakes of my children or family. Wait, 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 wait. Why are we playing this? Oh, because this is what I do. See, what I do is I say, okay, Jesus, you can save me. That's fine. But now I just need to save everybody else. And I don't say it out loud because then I would go, that's dumb, Andy. You're a pastor. You know better than that. Right? (laughs) Say right. Right. Okay. What I do is I just say it in my heart of hearts, and I try and feel really bad about all the things that I've done as a way to make up for it. Am I the only one who's ever done that? Could we have some more honesty? Am I the only one who's ever done that? Oh, thank you. Or I'll feel really bad for the decisions that my family, my kids, my spouse, I'll feel, I'll try and endure and pay and make up for all that they've done because I'm trying to pay for their mistakes too. When you have faith in Jesus, it means that you don't have to pay anymore. He's paid it all. So will you pray this with me? 
Jesus, I'm sorry I've tried to pay for all my mistakes and even the mistakes of my children or family. I take you back as my friend. I take you back as the one who bears my burdens so I can stand under them. Do not pray, pray, do not pray prayers of, Lord, give me the strength to do this. Pray prayers like this. Jesus, bear the weight with me. Make sense? You're going to bear it. How much of it do you want to do on your own? How much? Well, you're going to do some, so don't be unrealistic. <laughs> like God's not going to put on your pants in the morning. Like you still got to brush your teeth, okay? You know what I'm saying? How much do you want to bear? Some of you want to bear all of it, and I know that pain. That's living in prison. Some of you say, let me bear 99% of it so that I feel more worthy or I feel more value. You don't have to do that. You don't have to sort out how much you bear and how much Jesus bears so that you feel worthy enough of being loved. You just say to Jesus, help me, bear this with me so I can live. And then you let him take the weight that you're supposed to, that he's supposed to carry, and he'll give you the weight that you're supposed to carry. Yes. Can we pray this now? <laughs> Jesus, I'm sorry I've tried to pay for all my mistakes and even the mistakes of my children or family. I take you back as my friend. I take you back as the one who bears my burdens so I can stand under them. I take you back as my strength and my shield. Jesus, I take you back as my redeemer, for you have paid for all my mistakes, and I receive your redemption now. Woo! Then John tells us the remarkable good news of Easter. Are you ready? The one who keeps God's command lives in him, and he... Woo! That's right. There's no such thing as, oh, I fell away from God. There's no such thing as I backslidded. He's in you. You can't like fall away from yourself. Oh, I left my arm in Tulare. It's that, like, no, no, you didn't. It's like, well, maybe you did, and like, we'll get you a new one, but like, that's surgery. Like, I can't help you with that. It's like, you know, but like, you, God is with you always. You're in Him, hidden in Him. He's in you. Does that make sense? Jesus lives in you through the Holy Spirit. Easter is a celebration that Jesus has been resurrected, resurrected, and now the power that resurrected Jesus, the very Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, now lives in you. Now, some of us have been living as though the Holy Spirit only shows up when we're at church on a Sunday, and in the moment that you leave there, the Holy Spirit stays here, and you go there. Some of you have been living like, you know what? The Holy Spirit met me at summer camp that one time, you know? Like I went and prayed and like it was amazing. I threw the pine cone in the fire and like all my sins were forgiven. It was incredible. And then I came down the hill and I didn't know what to do. Some of us live like that. We're like, oh, uh, the Holy Spirit is only in my prayer time. And then when I leave that, then I do it all on my own. Can we take back the Holy Spirit? Because yes. he's in you and with you. And literally, any life that you have in you is a gift given by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, pray this with me. If you want, you don't have to. Like I'm, 
Again, your free will, your choice. Holy Spirit, I'm sorry I've lived apart from you. I, choose, I chose the pride of doing it all by myself. I've made my life all about me. I'm sorry. Next slide. Holy Spirit, I take you back as my life and my breath. Breathe in. Holy Spirit, fill my friends today. Breathe in if you're online. Holy Spirit, fill my friends here today. Bless and seal the, your work in them, Jesus. I take your power back rather than my strength. I take your leading back rather than my second guessing. I take your healing back rather than my numbing. Holy Spirit, fill me now with your presence. When Steve was crying with his mom, June, it wasn't tears of sorrow. It was tears of joy. He told us at worship practice that week about how his shoulder was healed a month before after getting prayer. And now his mom was healed because Jesus sought fit to touch her when no one else would. And Steve said this in worship practice with tears of joy running down his face. Why me? Why is Jesus giving me these incredible gifts? And the answer for Steve is the same answer for you this Easter Sunday morning. Because you're worthy of it. Everything that Jesus has done is because you are worthy of love. You are valuable and precious and enough in his sight right now. It's Easter Sunday. Live in the power of the resurrection, in the faith knowing that you are loved right now, that all your sins are forgiven, that the shackles which have been bound to you are now broken in Jesus' name, and that you have a purpose to love people extravagantly well and watch God take all of their wounds and turn it into brilliant life. Somebody give me an amen. Are you ready to eat angel eggs? Let's go. Stand for the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance. That's his delight in you and give you the peace that passes all understanding. And may God, the Holy Spirit, guard and protect all the work that you've done today. And I cancel all of the enemy's plans to try and steal, rob, and destroy the inheritance that you've taken back today. It's Easter. And all God's people said? Amen. You guys, happy Easter. Go eat some wonderful food. Enjoy your family today. Take care. Pastor Andy Rock is the senior pastor of Coastal Community Church. It's located in Grover Beach, California, and serves communities across the Central Coast. Join us online each week on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for our weekly live stream. We also have two in-person services at 9 a.m. and 10.40 a.m. in our sanctuary. Coastal Community Church is located at 1830 Farrell Road, Grover Beach, California. For more information, visit our website, www.mycoastal.org. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you have a great week.